You're listening to the private podcast for The Matrix with Amber Smith. Welcome to The Matrix. Today we're talking about metabolize your learning and digitize your mind. This is what I do. And you're going to see what I do very clearly now. And I just wanted to deconstruct it so that you could do the same thing. I'm going to share concepts that I think are like an intersection of different ideas and help you do the same. Because I think one of the big mistakes that we make as content creators is thinking we need to be original. I know if you've ever been stuck there, well, I'm not original or like I'm not profound or I don't have good ideas to share. This is really going to help you because I don't think we're supposed to be original and that like you're inventing ideas. I think, and we're going to talk a lot about this, is taking ideas and finding the intersection of your own curiosity is how you can create content endlessly. It's really good news if you love being a student. Like, I think that this is the coolest industry ever. Like, I get paid to learn. I get paid to come up with ideas and teach them in a unique way. That does not mean original where I'm coming up with this, like, concept that's never been heard of. I think the word metabolize means a lot to me. If you think about, like, bodybuilding, right, I think about, like, eating enough protein, eating enough carbs to have energy and build muscles, right? Like I want to metabolize the things I'm eating so that it's not wasted. And I love this word for consuming content, right? We don't want to waste the content that we're learning or listening to. We want to use it to be a creator. And so that's what we're going to do today. So on today's call, we're going to see the modern world as a digital economy full of opportunity and how to identify your digital real estate within that economy how to be a student and get paid for consolidating information for your audience, which I just described, how to be a well-paid modern-day philosopher, aka value creator. I like to think of myself as a philosopher. I get to think about life and share those ideas. And what that means modern-day is content creator, right? How to use digital consciousness to create more lead clients and cash. We're going to talk about how to use these ideas to actually like help people want to work with you. That's the whole point. One of my favorite things of our calling if you want to think about it that way or like what we do as value creators coaches solopreneurs content creators is serving people for free that's part of what we do always and ideally working with people who pay us right i think that both camps are going to be benefited by what we do today so i'm really excited so this is how this whole idea came to me i was like well if buddha had a personal brand how would he use technology to build it i think i was taking a shower and i was like oh my gosh like this is like so fun to think about how would Buddha be sharing? Like, would he tweet? Would he have a podcast? <laughs> you know, and it made me realize like some of these principles of sharing value, of elevating people's consciousness, of helping people think differently and getting different results in their life have lived forever, right? Like since the dawn of humankind for thousands of years, there's been people like the Buddha and others who have shared wisdom. And this was really fun for me to realize, like, that's what we get to do. I think we tend to think of like ancient times like different than our modern day, but it is the same. It's just the distribution looks different. The distribution is digital. And that's why I want to combine those ideas for you today. So historically, philosophers spread their ideas in books, lectures. Their students would write down what they would teach. They would have letters. Like They wrote a letter to a group of people and people would repeat that letter and distribute it to people. And then in more modern times, think 1800s like articles, lectures, conversations with people that maybe like the person would write it down or so maybe they wrote it down as well. And so today this looks like 
books and ebooks, podcasts and YouTube videos, people sharing your content, email marketing, blogs, podcasts, social media. You can see how what used to be value distribution is now just modern. But it's the same principles. It's people want to share valuable content. And so I like to think of like the modern philosopher, the modern sage or the modern value creator or philosopher, you know, however you want to think about yourself. This is just places that we distribute. We don't need to get scared of these things. It's literally just a distribution channel that we have access to. And I would argue that these things make ideas spreadable and viral faster. And that's what's cool about the Internet. So by creating content, you are giving your consciousness a digital form. One of my favorite ways of thinking about my Instagram is like, it's my consciousness, but like people can look at what I've been thinking and the ideas that I have entertained, the ideas that I'm combining. And so it's like searchable. Historically, like this hasn't been available to people. So it's a really cool time to be alive where people can access people's consciousness in digital form. If I want to go understand what Tony Robbins thinks about He's got a podcast. He's got social media. He has books. And I can look through his consciousness. This is what we are doing for our people. And this is what we are doing with our mentors and coaches and thought leaders that we like. And so it's this input and output all the time. So you are digitizing your mind every time you share your ideas online, which is a really cool way of thinking about creating content. So let's how to talk about how to do this well and how to get paid well. I love thinking and I love writing and I love combining these ideas and sharing these ideas, but ideally we're getting paid, right? We want to make this a career. We want to make this a place that we can do our life's work, but also provide for our families and live the actualized life that we want to. So this is how I want you to think about it. I'm categorizing digitizing your mind or digital consciousness into three different categories. This is like how you write or how you distribute value online for yourself, for us. I'm going to talk about what us means and for everyone. Okay, so let's start with for yourself. I think about this like journaling, blogging, writing. Maybe you have a public digital journal. I used to have a blog that I would write and I hoped that people would resonate with it, but it really was for me to just share my thoughts. Planning, a calendar is a version of this as well. And I think a lot of people find value in it just like getting clarity for their thoughts. Maybe you like sharing your ideas. And there's a lot of people that use social media this way. You're writing for yourself. This is how I started for sure. I would share content for myself. I enjoyed processing my ideas and sharing things that I was learning, but it wasn't very profitable for me <laughs> because I didn't understand this concept, which is I wanted to write for us. And us means for me and the audience that I was imagining in my mind. For many of you, this means that you are the niche. You solved your own problems in a certain time period, maybe the past year or two or three or five. And then you write about how to solve those problems in a compelling way for people who are also on that path, the path that you are on. You're just a little further ahead of them than they are. I also think that this is where the intersection of your own curiosities comes into play, because let's say I wanted to get fit and I was like researching people who could help me get fit. There's going to be lots of people who could help me do that. I could do nutrition. I could do workouts. I could do dieting. I could do walking. I could do intermittent fasting right, or a combination. So the intersection of my own curiosities and the people that I study, their unique curiosities, whatever resonates with me, are the people that I'm going to learn from. And then we get to do the same thing for our people. Another way I like to think about this is embodied wisdom shared publicly. So this is a little bit different than writing for yourself. You are writing for yourself, 
but it's imagining people who are on the same path as you. So you're hoping to solve their problems as well. For everyone, this is what I think of as like the traditional expert. I think of someone like a doctor or a lawyer or someone who has a PhD standing on stage. They have their book scientifically accepted by the masses is what I wrote or like universally accepted more broad general. I don't think this is us. And I think we can get into fear and comparison when we think of this kind of expert or value creator, but that is not the way the world works now, especially for like the coach or the mentor. It really is more personal. Like this is what I've learned. These are how I solve my problems. And there's just new and innovative ways of solving our problems or creating the life that we want instead of this, I don't want to say archaic, but I think like when I grew up, the expert was like the doctor, the person with a PhD, Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> right? Like people on TV is who we thought of as like these people who could help us. And now we see it's much more decentralized. And that's what I love about the digital economy, right? Like I can go and find ideas and solutions from lots of different people and choose people who resonate with me, which is Arguably, why you are all here, right? Like something in what I share resonates with you and you will do that for your clients. When I talk about content today, it's going to be in this category, the for us. You solved your own problems. You've developed wisdom in a certain category or intersection of curiosities. And now you're helping other people on that same path find their ideal version or solving their problems or creating the life they want. So writing for us, we're going to talk about lots of different things, but we're going to start here. You're going to write to a past version of you. This is helpful if you like don't know what to write. If you imagine yourself a year ago or two years ago trying to solve the problems that you now offer solutions for in the form of coaching or products or services, you want to think about that person and what they're struggling with and what they're thinking about and what they want. And then I like to use the hook story offer framework or the intrigue value CTA framework. And what I love about these two frameworks is they can expand or contract depending on where you're being published, right? So we talked about books and articles or podcasts and YouTube videos or a social media post. Social media posts are shorter. Maybe an email would be longer or a podcast would be longer, but you could use the same framework. And the third part, the offer or the call to action is how we actually get people to opt into our world, like to actually book a call or to actually buy a program from you. But I think it's important that we understand that this is a game of attention. So the hook or the intrigue is how we get people interested in what we're doing. The story or the value is like the meat, what you're actually delivering. And then what do you want them to do after they've read it? That's how we write for us. Because it's not just a blog. I think this is what makes a blog or a journal or a public ideas different than this. Because if I wrote a post for me, I wouldn't necessarily be guiding people to an action like book a call or join the matrix or something like that. It would just be like, hope this was helpful. And I think the next level of understanding for value creators is persuasion and copywriting, which are these two frameworks is a copywriting framework. We're going to go a little bit more into this. So writing for us, I just brainstormed like four different types of posts that I think you could create. So how I blank or how to blank. Let's see. I'm trying to think of a niche that's not my own so that it'll resonate. How I healed my hormones in three months so that I could blank. That would be an example of that kind of post. Hopefully this helps you too, right? It'd be someone who is also trying to heal their hormones. Three things I wish I knew when I left my corporate career. 
five mistakes I made when I decided to be a stay-at-home working mom. Three ways I blank, right? You get to fill this in with your niche. And then I put at the bottom, it has to be relevant. From your embodied wisdom, I think that this is important. We're going to talk about what that actually means today. Useful and yours. This is from your life, your experience, which is the thing that you have on big accounts. So I think one of the things that it feels like a trap to me is when I imagine someone who's like been in business for 30 years, like Tony Robbins is a great example. If I compare myself to Tony Robbins, I will shut down very quickly because I am not him and I am not as good as him in a lot of areas. But that's almost irrelevant for the people that I'm trying to help. When I think about what's relevant for me and what I've learned, it's probably relevant for people like a year or two behind me on the same journey. So it's useful for them because we like learning from people who are just a couple rungs up the ladder from us. We like learning from mentors like Tony Robbins or like Brendan Burchard or Mel Robbins or these people that like these social media mega influencers. I read their book, but I'm not going to hire them one-on-one. And so we like learning intimately from people just a few rungs up the ladder or a few steps ahead of us on the path. That's useful for you to know as you share posts like this, because it just needs to be your story. I had a client, she was in network marketing. And one of the things I told her is like, I think you should tell people that you make $1,000 a month. And she's like, no, people will think that is not enough. And I was like, who are you thinking about? She's like, well, I'm thinking about people ahead of her. She's thinking about her mentor and people that she was trying to be like, and she's afraid of their judgment. But I was like, you're thinking in the wrong direction, right? You're thinking about the path ahead of you. But when we create content, we want to think about the path behind you. For some people, $1,000 a month from network marketing could change their entire family life. And so that's what I mean by embodied wisdom. It's like what used to serve you is going to be life-changing for people behind you. Instead of judging your small results, really see that someone else could deeply benefit from that idea. Instead of using yourself as you want to become, that's not useful when you're creating content, right? Thinking about people behind the path, really powerful. There's a great book that I've mentioned a few times. It's called A Millionaire Messenger by Brennan Burchard. It's great. It's full of questions about basically seeing how where you are on the path, you are an expert to some people who are behind you on the path. Not in everything. In the intersection of your curiosities, that's what you can really teach from. Okay. So the unconscious way to digitize your mind is to regurgitate. I've been here. So if you identify with what I'm saying, don't judge yourself. Just be curious. Open your mind. I would learn something. In fact, if I scroll back in like my past emails or podcasts, I would like listen to a podcast and be like, that's a great idea. And then I would share the same idea and just like with my take on it. But the time between input and output was very fast. And this is not bad. I think that most people start this way. And I teach emulation. So I do think it's great to emulate people you love learning from. So if this is where you're at, that is okay. That is not bad. But I want to offer a more expanded way of doing this. And this is how I spend most of my time now. And like I said at the bottom, the problem with this is that there's not your unique perception, which is the metabolizing that we're going to talk about, which is the only thing that separates you from anyone else. One of the things that we want to watch for is like, could this content, could this post belong to anyone? If it can, you're probably not assigning clients. You're probably not making money because you could be anyone. I think what makes it unique is by adding your consciousness to something. So we want to make this process conscious. And this is what I mean by metabolize. And this is what I spend most of my time doing. So it looks like I'm doing nothing, but like I'm metabolizing content. So 
yes, I'm listening to podcasts and reading books. I'm getting coaching. I'm learning from mentors. I take courses all the time and daily life and news and school and all the things, right? Like all the input that we have, if we just go to output without metabolizing, you're going to look like everyone else because you're just taking their ideas and then distributing it as your own. I want to be mindful. This still isn't about creating original content. We're not trying to invent something. This is about sharing your ideas in your own unique way, your personal brand, thought leadership, and mastery in your craft. So I'm going to break down these five ideas of how to metabolize content so that when you do create the output, the frameworks, ideas, and programs, like it has your unique stamp on it because there will be people that resonate with that. And that's what we're after. And that is your digital consciousness that I explained a little earlier. So the first one is to ponder. One of my favorite parts about being in this career is that I get to be a student. And I think of it as like the eternal student. I will never stop learning and researching from people who are more masterful than me. And as I grow in my mastery by learning from people who are out of me, my clients also expand and grow and become more masterful. That's what I love about it. Like the rising tide lifts all boats. Another way to ponder is to write about the ideas you learn about. And this is for you. This isn't public yet. This is for you. Like if you were to look through my journal, I have ideas that I'm always thinking about that aren't public yet, right? This is how I'm figuring it out, how I'm processing information. Also, like taking notes would be a great way of explaining this. Maybe you listen to a podcast and you take notes. This isn't necessarily for public distribution yet. This is for you to understand it. Get new perspectives. I love rereading books, but I also like finding new books to find new perspectives, new teachers, new perspectives, I think gives you what we're going to talk about, like the intersection of your curiosities, new facets, new flavors. And that's when it gets fun. The next piece of how to metabolize something. If I eat a steak, it doesn't just go instantly into my bicep, (laughs) right? It has to break down. It takes time. And so it is okay to sit with information longer. For me, when I was learning this process, because I would like get so excited about something I learned and wanted to distribute it, and that's not bad, but I think I missed a lot of the nutrients, to use that metaphor, because it was too fast. So now I like to ponder and like sit with ideas a little bit longer so that I can develop my own way of saying it. And sometimes it's like, I got it, I've marinated, and I can distribute it faster. And other times, like I have an email coming out this Saturday, keep your eye out that I've been like thinking about for like hours and weeks. And that's just the reality sometimes, especially the more complex your ideas become. So it is okay to spend time with it. This is part of your working day. I actually coach on this a lot. Your working day isn't always just like coaching and publishing content. Sometimes it is just sitting with a blank piece of paper and like figuring out how to process ideas. Sometimes it's reading a book and taking notes and that's part of your workday and that's okay. Especially if you care about being a true value creator. There's lots of skills we do as coaches, and I think coaching is definitely one of them. But if you care about developing your own body of work, don't let that thought scare you. But maybe you want to develop like a podcast or a blog where people like come and research you. You have to give it time. There is no other way around it. Challenge. This is something that I don't think enough people do, especially when there's authority. So let's say you see a reel from a doctor. And they're saying something like blank, 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 right? Like they're talking about stimulants or meds or supplements. I think especially if we're not used to this and this isn't really taught in school because we're taught to accept authority, which is fine, except this leaks over into self-help space and coaching space a lot. Like this is a funny example. I'm not dissing 
Monday Hour One, but I think many of you have probably heard of Monday Hour One. And I don't do Monday Hour One. It doesn't resonate with me. But I've heard people who just like accepted it. Well, this is the best way for time management without asking some of these questions. And this is why every time you get new information, this will make you a critical thinker. Does this resonate with me? Is this true for me? Is this true for my audience and my clients? What else could be true? Is there another way of looking at this? Like some content you're going to come across and like, I can see how this would be helpful for other people. It's just not helpful for me. And this is where you get to develop your own expertise and your own methods and your own ideas that you get to share with people who resonate with you. And so when I'm reading a book, I don't just like accept everything as true. I keep the challenging mindset. It's like, does this resonate with me? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Or no. Interesting. What does resonate with me? How would I say this? What else is there that like resonates more for me? And this is hard work here because it's way easier just to accept something is true. It's a lot harder to actually challenge it, but this is where your own thoughts will come out. One of the things that a lot of people are afraid of is like being controversial or people not agreeing. But I think what I've learned is when I disagree with someone, this is a great example. I read a book called The Business Book of Coaching because this is like totally my niche. And I was like, I don't agree with a lot of the things that were done in here. And that doesn't mean that he's bad. That doesn't mean that he's not, I think he's a multimillionaire. <laughs> so obviously he figured something out. But it's also okay for me to disagree. And it doesn't mean that like I'm wrong or he's wrong. It's just like this doesn't resonate. I would teach this differently. And what that has allowed me to do is that when people disagree with me, I am like, yeah, that's totally okay. You are allowed your critical thinking. We can be kind and loving and not agree about things. I have clients disagree with me on things and that is okay. I think that's how you know that you're actually getting to the truth of what you believe for your path. And that's what we want, because then you can share that. And some people will agree and some people won't. And that's OK. So start practicing challenging ideas, especially from authorities or people. I like to do this even with people I deeply resonate with. Like, does this idea resonate with me? I know this person resonates with me, but does this concept resonate with me? No. Interesting. Good for that for you. The next part is explore. Of all the things I'm going to talk about today, this is my favorite. The interception of your curiosities. So I listed a bunch. This is where you start to get your unique take on solving problems and being a thought leader or a coach or a mentor or a value creator, a modern day philosopher, if you will, spirituality and business. And you're going to start to see accounts like this, hormones and mindset, high performance and being an artist, personal growth and fertility, money and mindfulness, marketing and Zen Buddhism, healing trauma and spirituality, fitness and mindset, all intersections. And you get to play with this. What I'm going to encourage you to do is actually have three. I think this is where you get to explore a lot. Spirituality, business, and mindset. Fitness, mindset, and habits. Hormones, mindset, and universal laws. Like, what would that look like? Philosophy, writing, and relationships. There are infinite possibilities here. What I like about having three is I think it just makes it more depth for your content. And I think that it's what makes it unique, right? Because, like, I think the general niche, like, let's say I was, like, a fitness instructor, how am I going to stand out in the sea of fitness instructors if I only talk general fitness? It's going to be really hard. And there's an interesting book that's called The Blue Ocean, and it talks about the red ocean. So it's like, here's these niche, right? Like life coach mindset work. And the person who is first there owns that niche. And then sub niches are born out of it. So it becomes like a red ocean. Everyone comes into mindset. Everyone comes into macro counting. Everyone comes into hormones. And then as we iterate as a society, 
and new ideas are born, new sub-niches are created. And that's where I think it gets really interesting. And this is why I recommend three intersections for you, because all of a sudden you become very unique. You can't sound like anyone else when you're talking about hormones, mindset, and universal laws. The things that you are naturally interested. So when I did this, I started to look at my bookshelf. If you have books at home, like this would be an interesting exercise for you. Like, what are the themes that you are already studying? Because like, if you looked at mine, it was like high performance, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. And if you started to look at my content, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. And so your brand comes to life at the intersection of these things. And that's what's so fun. And then when you get stuck on not knowing what to create, you're like, okay, I'm going to pick up a book on spirituality and like, I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to metabolize it and turn it into my own content. And you have unlimited content, unlimited unique to you content, not original, but unique to you. And that's what's interesting. The next thing you're going to do is iterate. So you're going to consistently expand upon the ideas you have already shared. So I gave a few examples, mindfulness in general, three mindful practices. And then maybe you have a podcast episode about common traps for people when they start practicing mindfulness, but it's the same theme. High performance, high performance as a working mom, high performance as a creative, women's health, mindset and health for middle-aged women, women's health and spiritual development. The ideas are endless. And I think one of the cool things about what we get to do is you get to iterate on ideas you had last year. And now from this new perspective, you get to share your mastery and your stories and your experience. I think one of the scary things for me was like, I have to come up with ideas. I like coming up with ideas, but like I have to come up with new original ideas all the time. No, you just have to iterate on the ideas that you've already shared. And that's good news. I think about this all the time. Let's say we're going to combine the idea of your favorite musician. And you buy concert tickets and you're like, I love these songs. I love their sound. And you show up to their concert and they're like, we're going to try something new tonight. We're going to try a different genre. And you're like, what? No, 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 no. I came because I wanted to hear your best hits. I came because I liked your sound. And you know, you just like completely changed your sound. Your people like your sound, your unique blend. And it's okay if you share the same types of sounds over and over again. They like it. And so once you start to have data and publishing content, you're like, my people like when I talk about spirituality and healing. I'm going to keep talking about that. My people like when I share mindful practices that I use the word mindfulness or that I use the word high performance or fitness or whatever. And then you get to iterate. And if you look through my content, like I'm not sharing anything like incredibly new. I'm iterating on my ideas over and over again because I know the sound that my people like. Good news. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every week when you write an email or when you record a podcast. <laughs> People want you to share the same things in novel ways. That's how I like to think about it. Your best hits will be iterations of the same big ideas, especially the intersections. And those ideas will probably come from the intersection of your curiosities. So homework as a possibility. Identify the intersections of your curiosity. At least two, like I said, ideally three. Look at your bookshelf. Look at the podcast that you listen to. If you were to look at the podcast that I listen to, it is the consolidation of my mind. Input, manifested podcast, Tetragrammaton, which if you guys haven't listened to that podcast, it's really good. Build with Layla Hermosi, Ed Milet, Money Mondays, Mind Your Business podcast, like Life Coach School, One Insight, Tony Robbins, The Beautiful Business, Sorcerer CEO. Like you can see what my input is. And I metabolize it and make it my own. That's what you're going to do. 
If you don't read, look for podcasts. If you don't listen to podcasts, find articles or blogs that you like or accounts that you like to follow. You're just going to name your curiosities. Then you're going to find two to three mentors for each category of curiosity. The reason that I like this is because you kind of can get the vibe of all the people that you like to learn from. And you're going to see you're like, I'm the product of all these things. Like, that's kind of how it works. And that's okay. I think this is something you can come back to. I know mine have changed over time. And that's perfectly fine. I think as you grow, your mentors grow as well. Some people who used to resonate with you aren't going to resonate. And that means you're growing. And that's a good thing. And then the next one is to digitize your mind. I'm going to recommend before we meet next week to share three pieces of content or more. If you publish daily, great. But if you're not publishing right now, I think three will feel like a lot. Three pieces of content after you've combined these ideas that will be interesting for you to play with. Like I said, this is a possibility. You do not have to do these things. But this has been really helpful for me because, one, what else would I rather do with all this like creative energy that I have and like this desire to learn? Two, I think one of the best things that we can do for our clients is to constantly be expanding our mind, but in a targeted way, you know, like in a focused way. It's not just like learning to learn. It's learning for mastery, which means you're focused on, I would argue, like three of your curiosities. And you're going to find different books and different ideas that fall into the category. And it's really fun. I love doing this. So I like to play with ideas. And if you looked through my journal, you'd see things that never see the light of day because it was not a good idea. And that's okay. But sometimes we have a really good idea and then we get to share it and iterate on it and help people along the way. And it's just like the coolest career path. That is what I have for you today. So what I want to do now with the time that we have left is make this very real for either like one person or however much time we have about your personal brand, about what you're working on, like your three curiosities, maybe some mentors, even some like lingo or language that will be unique to you. Anyone want to volunteer? Okay, Brooke, come on. It's so funny because this is totally what I need today. I was going to ask you about this. Okay, let's do it. What are your curiosities? Well, I think like being a working mom or how to do that, like really going for my dreams. These words are not It's okay. This is how it starts. Especially like women in sort of this midlife space of transition or whatever. I love it. Like, let's say a working mom came to you. Could you help someone who's entrepreneurial or could you only help someone who's in like corporate? I think either, potentially. I think that dreams, like, what do you mean by dreams? Like going for it, creating the life you dream of. Okay, tell me more. Like not just doing what you've always done or what you see modeled as like the norm, but really like identifying what you really want and believing in the possibility to create that for yourself. Okay. I'm going to keep writing down words. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think like I've always, you know, you get the corporate job and you have the kids and you buy the house and you like do the things that sort of society says like this is yeah. what it looked like to be an adult. And I'm starting to realize like that's actually not what it looks like for everyone. There are other possibilities, but it's like default mode, like living outside of default. I use conscious creation, right? Like, I think that's a really powerful understanding. Who would you love to speak to, like client-wise? Like, who would you love to speak to as a client? I mean, what you say about women that are a couple steps behind me resonates. Like, 
I don't know, women who are working and are struggling with feeling good about what they're doing with their family and with their work and with themselves. Women who are just in their 40s and just are in the slump and feeling really blah about their lives. Yeah. I'm going to just put other ideas for you as we talk. I love it. I mean, I think that sounds really depressing, but like women who are blah, like it really sort of defines it. Like, I mean, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do and life just isn't awesome. Who do you love to learn from? I love to learn from a lot of different people. I'm sort of like you, I think, in that way. Like I love spirituality. Like I love thinking about, you know, spiritual things, connecting with God. I love learning about health and wellness. I love learning about kind of expansion, believing in dreams and impossibilities, I guess. Can everyone see Brooke's brand coming to life right now? Because like, I, you're <laughs> like, I wish you a, would stop talking. No, <laughs> I know you think you're not original, but like, actually, you really are. Like, as you keep talking, like, it's a very specific combination of ideas. Yeah, I love like mindset and coaching and like challenging myself and growth. I'm like still playing with this idea, but all brands are personal development when it boils down to it or self-actualization, however you want to think about it, like growth. There's a great quote from like Abraham Maslow, who's like self-hierarchy of needs, if you're familiar with that. He's like, what a man can be, must be. And so it's like, we have this idea of who we can become and everyone wants to become that version. But how spirituality, health and wellness, expansion, beliefs, like that's how you help people do that. For some people on this call, it's going to be like fitness and nutrition or hormones. It could be I so need all those people. Everyone has their own needs and what they're struggling with, right? And which is why like, I think that there's another quote for you is like Naval Ravikant, who I like setting too. He's like, there's about 9 billion people. I hope one day there will be 9 billion businesses. And this is how that could be, right? Because your unique take on personal development will resonate with certain people and it won't resonate with others and they'll go find their people. But for your people, this is really going to resonate. Yeah. And I think my limiting belief is like Ashley, I think is on this call or maybe she was, you know, she's brilliant at like women and hormones and all this stuff. And I think, well, I would like to help people struggling with that, but I'm not like the expert in that area, but just. Well, and look at what you told me you love to study. Yeah. Giving people ideas about, you know, if you're in life, here are things to look at. Like I'm not a doctor, but I can bring together resources. Yes. Knowledge curator is definitely something we do. Here are ideas for you. I love recommending books, as you guys know. Because it's like, here's a thread. You can pull on it if you want. I'm not going to like go down that thread because I know what I'm here for. But as a possibility, here you go. So you get to play with this, Brooke. I think it is coming to life. I love that you're creating content. I messaged you today. like, hey, this is looking real, which is awesome. But I think you can like keep playing with these words. I mean, this is pretty clear. Yeah. Your unique take on coaching and high performance and creation. This is you. Is there anything that doesn't feel clear for you? No, I think this morning when I was like, I need to talk to Amber. It was like, (laughs) I feel this thing for working moms. Like I want to help working moms, but I'm like, I don't want to just be like the working mom coach. I'm more than that. And so this helps like being able to combine things and bring them together. And I just focus here. Yeah. So this is what's interesting. I am not a working mom coach, but I would argue there's a lot of moms on this call who are working moms. 
So I went a level up. Like it's not just working mom. It's like entrepreneurial women. You'll see like the other half of the women on this call are like entrepreneurial women, but the umbrella is who I speak to, not working moms. And so you might play like, mm-hmm. is there an umbrella identity that you would like to speak to? Yeah. That's why I asked, like, could you help an entrepreneurial woman? If yeah. even if a mom, and even if they're not working in a corporate career. So what is that identity that you would want to speak to? Because I don't like ceiling boxing either. <laughs> if you don't want to be the working mom coach, that's good awareness. So right. you can play with some of these things. So maybe it's like women in midlife. Some of them are going to be moms and some of them aren't. That's okay. Maybe they're feeling blah in general and like passion and career or like passion and life's work or something like that. I don't know. But you get to play until you find something that resonates with you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for being an example <laughs> for everyone. We talked about today how we metabolize content. You will metabolize this as well. This isn't something that's going to be like immediately like, oh, like got it. You know, it's going to be something that I like to play with and I still play with. So, yep. I love it. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Brooke. Okay. Anyone else want to? Yeah, yeah let's do it. I have a call in 15 minutes, uh, client, okay. but I think I have plenty of time. So let's do it. Ask me questions. <laughs> you know I have all the questions. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming you're on the call. So like, did you yes. get your curiosities? Yeah. So when I think about my curiosities, so when you talk about curiosities, is it like the things that I'm curious about that I want to share? Okay. Yes. I have many curiosities. Perfect. So do I. So obviously hormones, right? But when I like bring that down, it's like I want to research and learn more about adrenal health, thyroid health, and insulin. Okay. Is that too specific of curiosity? That falls, nope, that falls under hormones, so it's perfect. Okay. Also, the mindset, the processing of emotions as we age, getting older, coming into perimenopause and menopause, and like how we deal with that, I think that that's important to address. I love the spiritual side, as you know, like the spiritual side of menstruation and menopause, and I want to talk about that more. Yeah, so this might be interesting, like... They're connected. I'm trying to connect them in my own mind. So it's like hormones for sure. I wonder if mindset and spirituality can be blended into a different word. Probably. Um, yeah. It's like emotional processing, the spirituality of menstruating, like I think is very unique to you, just to you. But like, right. You can see how your brand starts to come to life because it's like hormones, spirituality, and like women's health, like very different account than like Mark Hyman. You know, there's some overlap. It's still very different. So, yes. Okay. Well, let's say with this one, if we did this as your, does that resonate for you? This one? Yes. Like, would you put menstruation here specifically? Or I'm trying to give another word because, like, you stop menstruating and then there's stuff too. Right. So because I, there's the spiritual side of menstruation and also the spiritual side of menopause. And yes. it's not Which just is your brand. Yeah, like I don't want women to think that I'm not menstruating anymore or I'm not menstruating for whatever reason. So this doesn't apply. I just applied to be a presenter at BYU Educational Week next summer. Cool. And as I was coming up with my classes, I was like, hmm, this is probably more of what I want to talk about like on Instagram. So they have you submit for different classes and what your teaching points are going to be. One of my classes is men, menstruation and menopause. Yeah. If men can understand it and understand that there is like a divine component here. So 
Yeah, I think that kind of thinking, you know, and about the four seasons and like the superpowers that come with each season, that's all very spiritual, Mm -hmm. factual, true. Yes, and I think that that is a very unique to you way of understanding it because that's not how it was taught to me. Like there's people in a completely scientific way, right? It gets one dimensional. These are the facts. You have a choice on how you handle it. These are your choices that are limited because I know that there's more choices. So, yeah. And I wonder it's even like hormones can be put into women's health and then maybe mm-hmm. something else here. Yeah. You can play, but that paradox might be interesting to play with too instead of spirituality or you can just do spirituality, but I don't know. You get to play. <laughs> but everyone on this call can feel your brand, right? We're just giving words to it. And I think that when we're clear, our content becomes clear too. So, yeah. And I think I worry that I'm not being clear. You are like, I always like, you guys all need to go follow Ashley if you're a woman. <laughs> At least that's my perception of you is like, you do bring it. And maybe it's just because I get to talk to you that I understand. So maybe in your content, this hasn't been explained as deeply. Does that resonate with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe it's time to bring out like the spirituality of women's health or like the divinity in your menstrual cycle or wisdom for your womb or however you want to explain it more mm-hmm. than just hormones like maybe even hormone heavy yeah I think that I talk a lot about it on my podcast but then when it comes to Instagram posts I don't my Instagram posts I feel like are more educational that's a strong pillar of your brand for sure is education yeah the scientific way but I wonder if you're missing this whole other group of people that like are pulling that thread you know because if they're like you they're already seeing this connection and they want more and that's Mm -hmm. why I think you are the niche is a really powerful understanding of the work that we do, not because you're necessarily struggling with what they're struggling with. It's that you used to struggle with what they're struggling with and you know it. Mm-hmm. And so you can be the person that connects ideas for them because you've connected those ideas already, but they will resonate with it. So let's play with a content idea. Like how would you do this on Instagram? What would be a post? Well, something that I've done before that I actually got a lot of good feedback about and more than likes, I always look at like saves and shares. And I did like a honeycomb type of graphic and I took the inner season, I put it in the center and then like adjacent of that center is where I put the superpower. So inner autumn. And then I did like nesting, introspection, stuff like that. You know, the superpower is coming off of it. And that was good because people like saw it at a glance. They were like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Like you wouldn't find in a science textbook, but yeah, you you want to be your brand online, right? And right. go back to the idea of something that we talked about earlier, like digitizing your consciousness. I think representing it that way is really cool because it's something that you've connected and giving a shape to it or giving a model to it, like really powerful. Maybe something that would be good for me to do is to go into Cycle Strategy 101, you know, my online course and pull bits and pieces from that course and make it into content. What we talked about. Iterating. Yeah. I go back all the time and I'm like, what did I say here? They're like I would add, because now I'm not the same person that created that. I can iterate. I don't have to reinvent anything. So I think like from Cycle Strategy 101, really good idea. Okay. I don't know if I'm just like mentally lazy, but something in me like pulls back when I like get ready to talk about or want to not talk about, but post something about the spiritual side of hormones. I'm like, eh. Almost like, I think that I'm like, Oh, like people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Oh, like I'm deciding for them when 
Yeah. And I think that's why playing with the idea that you are the manage, wouldn't you have wanted that connection? For sure. So I had a coach. She's like, do you think of your clients as like chicken nuggets or like a powerhouse? You know, (laughs) (laughs) when we think of our clients like chicken nuggets, we're like, oh, they wouldn't like that. Oh, they wouldn't get that. You get it. And if you are the niche, right, now you can speak their language and you might resonate in a whole different way that you've been withholding from them because you're judging them. Yes. Not wanting it. I think the only way you're really going to know is if you try it. They might not like it. I don't know. But we well, will if you don't try it. Right. And I want to attract more of the women that do want to learn the spiritual side of it. So I might lose some followers, but I'm willing to take that risk because I want more women that want to learn this side of it. I remember one time I made this post that was like, business becomes like a spiritual path or something like that. And I got a DM from someone who's like, I don't agree with this, but this was really interesting for me to think about because she's like, I'm not a spiritual person. But anyway, like opened her mind. And it was interesting that she felt the need to DM me that like this post didn't resonate. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, possibility is what's interesting because then like about a couple hours later, I got a different message from someone who ended up hiring me one-on-one that was like, this is how I feel. And so what it showed me is there's people that won't get it. And then the people who do get it really get it. Like I said at the beginning, this is about creating clients and cash. I found is the more honest about how I see the world, the more people come into my world who want to pay me, but also like resonate and think like me. There are also more people that don't think like me and that's okay. We're just trying to shine a light for the people who are your people. Okay, one more question before I run. I want to ask you, do you recommend that I create content, you know, as I'm developing this course for coaches at the certification? Do I create any content about that? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. If this is a part of your brand, hormones, spirituality, and women's health, encompasses your brand, it would make sense that all your offers at least have some hint or tinge of it you know what i mean yeah and this is what's interesting about this concept is i mean you could have a mini course about hormones you could have a mini course about perimenopause you could have a mini course about spirituality and cycles there's infinite ways like building blocks to create stuff and so when i think of your certification for coaches it's like i see it as all three but in the context of like how to do it with your clients but i definitely see all three in that sort mm-hmm. of Okay, thank you so much, Amber. Thanks, Ashley. Okay, I recognize it is 11. I am going to be available to stay on for any other questions. If you have to go, don't worry about it. But is there anyone else that wanted to come on live and do this work? Kristen, let's do it. What big concepts do you, like the three curiosities? Couple that came to mind. Spirituality, mindfulness, mindsets. I mean, that was one thing that kind of came to mind. Okay. In your mind, what is the difference between spirituality and mindfulness? Spirituality to me is like connecting with the divine, seeing God throughout your life or in all the places. Mindfulness to me is more like being in the present moment, mindful practices. Perfect. And then mindset versus mindfulness. Mindset to me is consciously thinking about things or being aware. I guess it's when we're even more unconsciously thinking about things you know it's the model it's was that different than my okay yeah this isn't like school it's not like right or wrong i'm just really curious my next follow-up question is if you had to give a word to what problem you solve what problem do you solve i think it's like 
becoming like intentional or like living with intention. So that what? So you can find more joy, more peace. Now we're talking, okay, more joy, more peace. So what's the inverse of that right now in their life? If they don't have joy and they don't have peace, what are they experiencing? Overwhelm, stress. I like how Brooke was talking about just that blur, kind of apathetic, almost disappointed. Yeah, frustrated, stuck. Where is that showing up for them the most? Where is it hurting them? Their relationships with themselves and with others. And I feel like their relationship with God also suffers when they're in that space. So like if you were to look at their Google, like what are they Googling or what are they going on Pinterest for? What's on their podcast playlist? What are they trying to solve for? It's a good question. What should you Google? You should say, what did I Google? <laughs> so I was thinking about it just because you and I talked about it in the Miracle Mind. What if we played with that ending suffering? I know that's like a weird thing in your brand. And we can play with it. I don't think it's like the end all be all, but does that resonate? I think the part of that is like awareness and acceptance or yeah. something like that, you know, but I think a lot of people are like, I don't even know what that is. I mean, a couple of other words that I jotted down since we've been talking was like, I love meditation. I love nervous system regulation. It's something I've been really studying. I, I like that too. Yeah, but that's not one of my three. It's just kind of these are those things that... I think those things would go under mindfulness, right? Because what I love about these three is now you have infinite content under spirituality, infinite content under mindfulness. You could do meditation. You could do nervous system regulation. You could do mindful relationships. You could do mindful eating, mindful exercise, endless. I think there's so many ideas. Because the other one we talked about was relationships as like a pillar. Because I think that would be interesting to play with too. It's like relationship with God, relationship with others, relationship with yourself would all fall under that pillar. I like that one. I feel like that that comes up in a lot of my stuff that I talk about or teach about. One of the things that from a marketing perspective, I'm always like, how do we market something? We have to think about the problems that are showing up in their life, right? So like they might say something like I imagine people like complaining to their friend. They're at like a coffee shop or they're like on a walk. And they're just chatting with their friend and they're like, my relationship is so blah. We stopped going on dates. Like, I don't know what's happening. And you would understand that's a symptom of something deeper, but that's the symptom that they are explaining. Or like my relationship with God, like I'm mad at him right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are they going to say? Because like, that's what we want to speak to. And then the solution is spirituality and mindfulness, but the content is relationships. I like that a lot. That feels like it would hit on what I'd like to do. Yeah. Because blah, numb, frustrated. I would say like the relationship with self, complaining, arguing, stonewalling equals like partner, right? Like you could totally see angry, bitter, alone. That could be like a relationship with God. Do you see what I mean? It's like starting to figure out their symptoms and it brings back to a relationship problem. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I wonder if there's some resistance. Like, do you not want to be a relationship coach? I don't like that. You don't want to be a relationship coach. It's okay. I do want to be like tagged as a relationship coach, but everything goes back to relationships. Yep. So like I identify, as you know, like a life coach, but I don't like say I'm a life coach. I like to think of myself a business coach, but there's a lot of life coaching I do with my private clients. And so what this could be is like a quiet understanding you know, you can talk about spirituality and mindfulness as like 
what you come out with, but like your content, like you're always solving relationship problems. That would be what your content is about. But you're not like, I'm a relationship coach. You can say yeah. I'm a financial coach or I'm a mindfulness coach. But the content that you market with is about these three things, right? Like if you're feeling blah or numb or frustrated, if you don't feel connected anymore to yourself or to God, I can help you because yeah. I'm a mindfulness coach or because I'm a spiritual coach or whatever you want to say. But it's like about the relationships. That's how it's presenting. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I feel your brand coming to life. <laughs> I think this is already what you've done. It's just giving maybe some words to it. Yeah, I'll have to just kind of play with this. Like a couple yeah. of things of like that intentional creation of your life. One of the things that I mentioned earlier that I didn't really go into detail. So this is how I see it. All brands, and this is about what my email's about this summer. Brands are about self-actualization. And that looks a lot of different ways, right? Because we go through phases of growth, right? Like if I'm going through a divorce, let's say, what I'm going to be drawn to on the path of my self-actualization is like healing from my divorce and communication and relationships with my kids, right? So it's not going to be like, I'm self-actualizing. That won't resonate. Jane's on this call. So it's like if people are struggling with binge eating, right, they can't get to, I'm going to self-actualize until they solve this one problem. So this is something that we put in the back of our minds. So like conscious creation, like what you just described, Kristen, like that is what we're doing in the broad scheme of things. How do people actually get on a consult with you this week? It's this stuff. It's that paradox of like, yes, I help people live life on their terms or consciously or intentionally, their fullest, highest potential, those kinds of things. But then we get real and we meet them in the real world about what they're going through right now. They're feeling blah and frustrated and numb. They're not talking to their partner. They stopped talking to God or they don't even know if they believe in God or whatever. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And then they see a post from you. It's like if you stonewalled your partner and you're feeling numb inside and you're like ground outside, get sunlight. Like you go through mindfulness or spirituality, you know what I mean? And now you're resonating in a very real way for them. Their problems. And yes, the big thing that you're doing is helping them self-actualize. But that won't resonate because they're like, but my marriage is in shambles. I feel like I'm falling apart. I feel blah about my life. I don't know what I'm going to do in midlife, right? What Brooke was talking about. And now you're speaking a language that resonates where they can actually see your usefulness in their life, where they want to pay you for support, which is the whole point. That's what we want. Thank you so much. Yes. Lots to play with. All right. And I also want to do this exercise live. I do. Annie, let's do it. Hey, I feel like I kind of have four that I keep coming back to. Okay. So I keep thinking macros, fitness, mindset, and habits. I love it. This feels like your brand to me. Yeah. I don't think four is bad. Like, I think this gives you a lot of room to play. And you might find, like, habits and mindset might overlap a lot. But I like it a lot. In your content, which one do you talk about the most, do you think? I feel like lately it's kind of been, like, macros or habits. I've been trying to talk about habits more because I was promoting my October habits challenge. And also because that's the biggest thing that I feel like comes up is like, I can't even get people to start paying attention to macros if they're like really not even aware of their nutrition at all. So I feel like habits is kind of like the big thing, but it's like, it's not sexy. People don't want to talk about habits. Yes. Unless you're in this personal growth world. And this is where we get to bridge the gap because 
some people are going to start recognizing their habits. How would they describe it? Like before you found macros and fitness, what were you talking about? Like if you were like went to lunch with your friend or you're like even in, privately in your journal, like what were you struggling with? How would you have described it? A big thing is I think that people feel like not motivated. And like I would say that myself too. Like I just don't know if I really feel like motivated to work out today or like, oh, I know I should change something nutritionally, but I just don't feel motivated. So like then you can see like you can make a post about shoulds. So this is like meta, right? Because now you're not talking about like habits or macros. You're talking about how to ditch shoulds. It's like not the only thing you focus on, but it is a part of your brand. And I think this kind of content is what catches people's attention. Yeah, I like that. And like thinking of all the should posts. Yes. <laughs> how to drop shoulds or like don't should yourself. I, I like that quote. <laughs> yeah. Should yourself. Because this is more related to mindset and habits, which is interesting because these are the things that get shared or discussed more because it's more relevant. Like if I was going to go to lunch with a friend, right, I'm not necessarily going to share like my specific macro unless she's into it. But like mindset, habits, things that are more universal, I think it catches people's attention because like we were just talking about with Kristen, right? Like they're not like, I need to self-actualize. I need to be the best I can be. It's like, I'm so unmotivated. I should do this. I should do this. I just feel overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. That's their current state of consciousness. And so speaking to them there is what's going to lead them up into your world where they're like, well, maybe I should try a consult. Like, I think maybe she could help me. What yeah. other things do you hear people say? Or if you were to go back to your past, like what are the things that you struggled with? For me, a big thing was like the major restriction followed by venting. Do you talk about this? Yeah, a little bit, not a lot, but. It could be like how you started to break out of it or how you started to become aware that this was a problem for you. The emotional experience of this, like I know shame, guilt, yeah. like those things. So that would be mindset related, right? Feeling yeah. shame and guilt is something you can talk about. So it's like if you're on a restriction and binge cycle, there's probably a lot of shame. These are three ways that I, right? Like some of the content here, let's where, where did I shoot? Yeah, that's content cues or whatever yes so when we talked about these like here's how i started to overcome and this is where coaching started to play a role which is why i joined my first coaching program and then you could share your end result which is where you're at now and why you offer coaching yeah okay cool is there anything else like you have to go back to where you were right it's like i'm out of control or i've tried so many things and started so many things and it never works I don't know. What else do you hear? Yeah, yeah. I mean, diet hopping, trying a bunch of different things. I'll start Monday. I'll start Monday, you know? Yeah. So then these kinds of things are what your content becomes about. I'm going to talk about this in a future one, but there's different levels of awareness, right? So for people who are not aware of macros, seeing a macros post is going to mean nothing to them. Yeah. But a should post, how to stop shooting that might resonate. And then as they continue into your world, maybe they start to learn about the word macros and what that means for their fitness, right? Or like binging or giving up too soon or the start Monday mentality, like those kinds of things, like that's speaking their language for people who are not aware. And so if you watch big accounts, and I know that you follow Amber Brzezinski, and you can watch what her content does depending on who she's speaking to. And this is what's really interesting. When she's speaking to coaches, about being a macros coach, she uses the word macros. But when she's speaking to people who don't know macros, right, and that's what the content is for, like a reel or something where she's trying to reach new people, her content changes. 
very masterfully. Like the fittest you challenge, nothing about macros, right? And we kind of talked about this in Slack, I think, where it's like, you have to think through where they're thinking and then produce something that matches where they're at. So when they're aware of macros, words like macro reset will resonate. But if they don't, if they're not there yet, the fittest you challenge or lean body or whatever will resonate. And I think in your phase, smaller towns are amazing. I should make a post about this. But like, I think tiny audiences are very underrated because you actually know the people you're talking to. It's more speaking their language. They might not know a macro reset. They might not even know that that's a thing. But being the fittest version of them, starting an exercise habit, getting the right nutrition, eating better, eating ways that fuel, you know, have better energy for motherhood or better energy for work, like those kinds of things resonate. Yeah. And sprinkle in some of the more advanced topics too. But the foundation is like the start Monday mentality, dropping the shoulds, what you do when you're not motivated, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I feel like part of the problem that I'm having lately is that the people that have been following my accounts recently are business coaches or creepy dudes. <laughs> are you using hashtags? I sprinkle them in every once in a while, but I try not to use them very often, partially because they drive me crazy. Like I hate hashtag posts. They drive me nuts. So is that a lot of them with the hashtags? Yeah. And the algorithm, I would just keep doing your thing. Other thing that I think is really underrated is commenting on the other accounts. I mean, we just talked about Amber Brzezicki. Like you could use biceps after babies. Go and answer questions as you see them. Like that's a really underrated way because it's like it's manual. So like it requires manual labor to do that. But over time, people will see your comments or your response and like they will come see what you're about versus like hoping the algorithm shows your content to the right people. I would spend a lot of time doing that. That is how I got my business off the ground is like by manual relationship building versus content. Something to try. And okay. I wouldn't without the business coaches and the creepy dudes following you. I would remove them, but that's what I do. I'm like, Whoa, no. Yeah, right. yeah. And the funny thing is like, I was talking to my husband about it the other day and I was like, I'm not even a fitness coach who's like always posting myself half clothes. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like I'm like even putting that vibe out there, but for some reason. (laughs) Emails from like women, old men, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, fully related stuff. I'm like, what is happening? I just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I always just remind myself, like, who am I here for? That's what I keep creating for all those little things that happen along the way. It's like, well, part of the game. (laughs) Part of being on the internet and how weird it is sometimes. Okay. You were going to say something before I said that. Yeah, I was going to highlight macros because like Kristen, what I said was her relationships is kind of like a quiet part of her. It's not like I'm a relationship coach. So what's interesting about this, like if I was a macros coach, I wouldn't call myself a macros coach. I would call myself a fitness coach because in macros is a tool. So it's part of your brand, but it's not like totally upfront because I think one of the things that just because you and I both know Eric Rizzi, I think it's helpful, like she helps people become their fittest selves in a way that feels good to them, right? Without cutting out foods that they love. But it's not like outright macros in their face. It's there, but it's not like, I'm a macros coach. Okay, yeah. And so it's like helping people become fit in their mind and body, I I know is something that you help people do because your whole thing is rethinking fitness. Yeah. Letting that help people rethink it. Their thoughts about it, that's really powerful content. And so playing with the, what to do when you're not motivated, when you're plagued by the shoulds, 
right? When you're finding yourself restricting and you don't like how you feel, those are the kinds of things that you can help with in your content a lot. And then that of that manual outbound, I like to just think of it as like connection. So it's like if I was at the store and someone was talking and we had a conversation, that's the same thing that I think of when I'm like commenting on an account. It's like, this is a real person. I'm going to be a real human and try to help. And that compounds as you do it. So it's like that 15 minute marketing plan that I shared on my podcast, like five, 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 you know, that stuff compounds really beautifully. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for thinking with that. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Anyone else? Jane, you're the only person that hasn't come on. Do you want to come on? Sure. Yeah. What can I help you with? I mean, I know that you are very tuned into your niche. So, yeah. I am. I was just thinking about like, I miss, you know, kind of what you were talking about with the brand, but I was just thinking about like how I would define my brand. I definitely feel very tuned into my niche, but I think like in terms of like coming up with the words or whatever, like I essentially have like four pillars that I kind of use in terms of in my teaching and I tie my content to my pillars, which are connection, compassion, curiosity, and confidence. Cool. But like what's interesting about this, so this is about the brand, right? This is how, but you help people solve binge eating. Yeah. So I love this because I think just looking at this, it's like so different than like if I were to pick up a textbook on binge eating. You know what I mean? Like I remember learning about binge eating when I was in my undergrad. Like this is not really what's taught. Very like sciencey versus like more mindset. What I think differentiates me is that I do bring in So what I basically say is that it's rooted in science and trauma-informed. And so like what I do is really help people understand why they do what they do because most people think that they're broken. So I would say my primary message is you're not broken. There is a perfectly good reason that you do what you do with food. And I help you understand why you do what you do with food so that when you don't think you're broken, then you're not in that shame and judgment. And then you can actually start to see and become aware and understand. And like the way I talk about it is like you essentially put on a different pair of glasses. So like you look at yourself with one pair of glasses and then it's like you put those down and you're like, I know what you do is really powerful. So the word that I wrote down is like science backed, trauma informed, binge eating, self-love. Like those are like the big things that you have in your brand. I would probably use a different word there, but yes. Something compassion, self-compassion, self-awareness or something. Something, yeah. Yeah. Whatever word resonates with you, but the idea is think about how different you are. And I know that you have a lot of evidence that like people are looking for you. I remember I went to an eating disorders anonymous meeting with one of the people when I worked at this residential treatment center and she couldn't be alone. So I had to go with her, which was really interesting. And so they had me participate. Well, if you're going to be here, you have to participate. So I got my little coin and everything. And it was just such a different vibe than this. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's why I think you have a lot of success as people are looking for a different flavor of support as they're trying to keep. Yeah, it's powerful. I mean, I have some people who are just like, I have been through so many therapists and so many programs and so many whatever. And like, I have never learned this stuff before. Like even I've been in treatment and I didn't even learn these things. Because it's not applied. So I think that's what makes us different. So I talked about the three kinds of like digitizing your mind, right? Like for yourself, which is like your journal, your writing, for us, which is like what we would put on a podcast is like for me, but for you, right? Like the people that I'm trying to help. And then for everyone, which is like the traditional expert, right? The science textbook, treatment, what a therapist mm-hmm. would be traditionally trained in 
And that's not resonating for everyone. And I think that's why our world is so cool is because there's people like you where it's like, it's just a very different experience, right? Your yeah. wisdom, your curiosities, people who are on your path, but like very different than like someone who's buttoned up and like went to get a PhD in it. It's just a right. different experience. Yeah, totally. People- yeah. And I think it's like what I see though, like when I read those descriptions, it almost feels cold. And like what is, I think, so powerful about what I do and what so many people say is like that my warmth and gentleness and compassion and kindness, it's almost like, for lack of a better term, like a balm, you know, for people who are just so hard and harsh and mean to themselves that the way that I talk to them and approach it, it's very nurturing. Yes. Okay. That would be an interesting word to play with. Like I said, this is just to spark ideas. I don't think it's, I'm a nurturing, but that's like the tone. Of well, your- it's actually interesting because I basically have people ask questions. Like I essentially do everything through the lens of these three questions. Does it feel nurturing? Does it feel supportive? And does it feel sustainable? Yeah. Like These are the three lens that when you're making decisions around food, is it feel nurturing, supportive, and sustainable? Like those are kind of like the... Yeah, I totally resonate with that in the business coaching sense. I coaching is very nurturing, supportive, yes. connected. Yep. Right? It's not yep. like, let's look at the data. Let, you know what I mean? Hardcore, cold. I'm definitely warm. And so I resonate with that. And I think that's like either like the vibe or the tone or the feeling yeah. brand yeah. that you bring to life. Because you're trauma informed and I know you bring a lot of science, but it's not like this... Well, let's look at the facts. Like, right. Like textbooky. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. it's very game yeah. brand. And you create content on mostly your podcast, right? Like, is that mostly my podcast? I basically do a personal post once a week on Saturdays. I do my podcast post on Wednesdays. On Fridays, I usually just pull a quote out from the podcast. So I'm really just trying to like push the podcast. And then on Mondays, I do a weekly email called Monday Musings, and I just turn that email into a social media post. So that's pretty much what I do for social. Although I am today, it is going live. I have a virtual event. I have a two-day virtual event on October 23rd and 24th. It's called Binge Free Holidays. Find peace and joy beyond the food. And so that's going to be 23rd and 24th. It's $49 and it's going to be kind of opening into the next group. So I'll be super curious to see how it goes. It's the first time I've like actually charged for an event. And yeah, it's exciting. Well, good yeah. luck. I know you're going to yeah. do amazing, but you create amazing high quality work, but still something new. It's like more yes. growth too. They're right? getting and they're growing. <laughs> so how yeah. fun. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jane. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, it. ladies. Talk to you later. Bye.